everyone. Um, welcome back to the Fraser Moments podcast. And today I have back with me Andrew, who you guys met last time. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me on again. So Andrew, you're supporting us on all things Leipzig. And I thought I'd give our listeners a little bit of a debrief on what Capri by Fraser is. It's one of our design-led hotel residence brands. And we really cater for that digitally driven generation. Um, we've got properties in Berlin, Frankfurt and Barcelona. Um, our Barcelona property... Um, recently was named one of the top places to stay in Barcelona for traveling for work. And I think we really need to think about for a second what traveling for work means in our generation. If we look back 10 years ago, it meant, you know, someone's dad having a gold VA club card, hopping around, staying at the Intercon. But for our generation, we're looking at, you know, more engaging places to stay with collective workspaces. And at Capri by Fraser, we have our powwow collective workspace more open plan concepts and I think that's really changed hasn't it between then and now I think that's definitely true I know that for people of you know a slightly younger generation and by that that includes actually people right up to the age of 40 and so it's not actually that young necessarily I'm not talking about teenagers here um it's much more about experiencing the city you go to um there's an increasing trend for actually tacking a few days onto any business trip you have so you might be going for three days but you might stay for the weekend before or after for example and that's because people want to get out and actually explore the city so having uh, a location that you stay at that's actually in the city center for example uh, and is has these kind of things like spaces where you can entertain and spaces where you can bring people and places where you can cook and places where you can keep your exercise regime these are things that are important because it's keeping your life going and actually giving you a chance to experience the city and enjoy it nobody wants to just sit and order room service for a week and then go into a conference room it's just a waste of an opportunity to go abroad and i think this term and i love it it's pleasure business leisure and I think it's a trend that we've seen in the market over the last kind of five years tacking on those extra days maybe the family flies out for the end of the trip and when you're staying in a residence you've got that kitchen you've got that living space and you can you know have your family life still not in like a tiny hotel room yeah it gives you so many more options and increasingly people also have friends around the world friends and family so people who might have studied abroad or people who might have lived abroad previously they're going to have people in the city that they might know and might want to entertain and it's all wrapped up with having more flexibility around around your stay and with capri by fraser and leipzig we've really looked at the city and seen where the best place to to live to work to be is and i think that's really key in these sites that we have with capri by fraser definitely and i think also it's not necessarily where people think they might be and i think that's why it's so important that um, research goes in to find the best location and the location of the new property in Leipzig is so great because it does cross into being yes it's close to kind of those business destinations that you're going to want to be near um, but also it's near places you want to visit as well as things you want to see uh, are right outside your door so it, it's it's getting the balance right and I think definitely in, in, in the case of Leipzig and also with our properties across other cities we really managed to get that balance right. And then I look at Leipzig as a leisure destination. I think, wow, what an exciting destination to be working on because they're saying it's the new Berlin, it's a second Berlin, it's a better Berlin, it's a Berlin that Berlin used to be 10 years ago, not the kind of overblown tourist crazy Berlin that we have now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Berlin is still a great destination. It's still a great place to go. But I think people are realizing that there's more to Germany than just Berlin. 
um, which is a good thing as there's more of the world to explore. And especially if you've already been to Berlin or if maybe it doesn't interest you as much, Leipzig is a really, really great alternative to go to. It's got very similar vibes in terms of it being in uh, former East Germany. Um, so it has a lot of the same history and you can really access a lot of that um, through your trip to Leipzig. But also it's got a very young demographic and very young feel to it. So especially if you're going and you want to go to interesting bars and clubs and nights out, Leipzig also has that. And so uh, I really, really wouldn't sleep on it. I mean, you could even do both, right? They're an hour apart on the train. You could spend two days in Berlin, get on the train, head to Leipzig, spend two days there and just extend your, your reach of Germany, extend what you're seeing. And interestingly, a lot of people who go to Berlin are encouraged to go out to Potsdam, where uh, which which is beautiful. I mean, I've been there before. Um, and that will take you about half an hour, 45 minutes on the train. It doesn't take you that much longer to get to Leipzig, which is a completely different city with its own character, its own life behind it. And you'll probably be the first one amongst your friends to be there. That's always a good place to be, one for the gram. Absolutely. And it, it's interesting that we talk about Leipzig. And I, I, without doing any disservice to the city, it definitely falls into the category of second cities, as we put it. So it's not the primary one that you're going to think of when you plan a trip to Germany. Um, but it really should be on your radar. Increasingly, we're seeing there's more of a trend to people choosing to go to second cities and also tourism boards in countries encouraging people to go to second cities. Um, Leipzig is just just one example. So, for example, uh, it, when it comes to Portugal, uh, a lot of people traditionally go to Lisbon, but actually Porto is increasingly becoming a destination people want to go to. Um, similarly, when it comes to uh, Sweden, for example, there are some great places, especially in the north of the country, that really don't get seen very much because everyone goes down to, down to Stockholm. So these are the sort of alternatives that I think people should be looking at, especially because most of these kind of primary cities, a lot of them capital cities, they have too much tourism. It's causing a problem. It's actually not a social good. Look at what's happened to Venice. They're trying to discourage uh, tourists from, from coming at all. So why go to a city that ultimately doesn't necessarily need or want your uh, want your tourism when there are so many places that really will want it and that are offering you something quite unique and different? So would you say that sustainability, which is such a big thing we talk about now, climate change, sustainability is a real factor in when we're choosing where to travel? Yeah, absolutely. And it's partly wrapped up with um, climate change and reducing your carbon footprint. But it's also just uh, rolled in with the sustainability of these places as tourist destinations. There are only so many tourists who can go and see certain places without them starting to deteriorate. And the worst thing that we can do as tourists is actually contribute to things that are amazing to see and amazing to do be lost for future generations. So, I mean, again, this isn't saying don't go visit those amazing places you want to see, but you should really be considering alternatives. And when there are so many great alternatives, like Leipzig, that are right there, um, it's really worth considering something else. So I think conscious tourism is probably like a good way to look at it. I mean, I looked this morning how I could go from London to Leipzig, and I could get the Eurostar to Brussels, have a little bit of bacon Brussels. If I timed it better, I would be in Leipzig in six hours. I Absolutely. Mean, by the time I get from my flat in Bethnal Green to Luton, wait at Luton Airport, get on the plane, head over, that's six hours. And, I mean, you'll probably have a much nicer trip. Yeah, definitely. You'll get much more out of that. See more of the countryside, probably see some destinations on the way. Uh, it's, it's just a much better way to travel. And I think increasingly we're going to be moving away from flying everywhere. Flying will become more of a kind of luxury decision. Um, because of the cost implications for the environment, really. Um, I think where we can get those kind of mini breaks in 
on, for example, on the rail, they're just going to be the absolute sweet spot of where you can get away, see something brand new, but also feel great about your trip. And there's this great German phrase. I'm sorry if I'm going to say it wrong to our German listeners. Flight. Like Flugschaffen. That's it, Flugschaffen. And I feel that Flugschaffen is a kind of trend that we're seeing in Europe. I'm sorry, it's, and you know, despite us being an island, we have a great link into Europe on, on the Channel Tunnel. Um, do you think we'll see a lot more domestic tourism heading into Leipzig as a German destination? Yeah, I believe so. And, and not just Germany, but also the uh, surrounding countries in the region. Um, I think there'll be a lot more um, tourism into that area. I mean, we're already seeing it. I mean, there's so many great things that you can see in the city that it's really not surprising that even Germans are rediscovering it as a great location to go to. I think when we're also looking at these second cities are a lot more relaxed, a lot more open-minded, they're super creative. And when we look at, you know, what to explore in Leipzig, it's so steeped in history. Um, it's, a, it's a city that led the citizen change to overthrow the East German secret police. I mean, that sounds pretty interesting to go discover. Um, when the wall came down, a lot of companies closed and factories were just left behind. Can you imagine just, you know, the wall comes down and you think, right, See you later, guys. And everything was just left as it was. And these factories and spaces are now being converted into really arty galleries. You know, we're really seeing a resurgence in, you know, what to do with these beautiful buildings in our modern culture. And, and the East German history there is much more, uh, the, the impacts were much bigger. Obviously, Berlin, there were big impacts there, but of course, half the city, you know, united with the other half. And then so much tourists came in and it's been the center of commerce ever since. But Leipzig has kind of a much more real history and where that's then come into this really interesting art scene and music scene and filling these spaces in amazing ways um, really speaks a lot to the very exciting and interesting population that you have there because it is a much younger um, demographic and they've got one of you know the biggest universities uh, in Germany is based in Leipzig. So it's become a natural meeting ground of interesting people with interesting ideas um, and if you want to go somewhere where you're going to see cool art, listen to cool music, meet cool people, uh, Leipzig really takes a lot of those boxes. And then when talking about music, I mean, I look back like pre-Iron Curtain history, and it's a place that Bach and Wagner have a lot of history in. Many churches and concert halls are dedicated to their memory. So I feel that, it, you know, the culture stems back, you know, pre-communism, right back into the early days of modernity and, you know, seeing this creative flair come up its creativity is really in their history yes absolutely and and there's there's culture to be found in all cities um to be honest just in different levels but in leipzig there is a lot um but most people don't know about it so one of the things we touched on our last um podcast was influencers and people wanting to go see the most instagramable places and i've actually done a lot of research for you guys about what the most instagramable places are in leipzig um there's so much street art that there's a whole Instagram account dedicated to Leipzig street art. And when I go, I think, wow, like this is something I want to see. I want to capture, I want to share with my friends. And there's also a beautiful Renaissance building in the city, the old town hall. I know you guys might think, oh, a town hall, that sounds a bit dull. But actually when I'm looking at Leipzig and I'm looking at these beautiful posts on Instagram, it features so much and it kind of looks like one of those mythical stories that you'd see back, you know, when you were watching Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast, it kind of almost feels like it was based on this kind of architecture and this Renaissance way. So I think really, if you guys are looking for one for the gram as well, Leipzig is on your list. And interestingly, I think this is another reason why um, visiting second cities has become so much bigger in terms of a trend. Uh, 
we've seen so many pictures on Instagram of the same things in the same cities. I don't know. I you know I don't want to call up one specific example, but I'm going to do it. Do um, it. <laughs> if you go to to New York City and they've got the uh, that new building that they built in Hudson Yards, um, which is great. It looks amazing on Instagram, and it essentially has been built for the sake of being Instagrammed. But every everyone takes pictures of it, and actually, it's not really that interesting to look at for anyone else. Whereas, if you're going to a city that most people haven't been to and you're discovering new areas and it's really interesting, cool content, this is the kind of thing you want to put on your Instagram. And actually, if I'm, even just amongst my friends, looking at what they've been posting, that's the kind of thing that I'm, I would find interesting and find exciting. And you'd think, right, let me put that on my list. It, and I would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless they said they were having a really bad time there, but it hasn't come up yet. I think one of the trends I'm really seeing as well in tourism is keeping wellness going when you're away. And I know we kind of touched upon earlier how staying in a residence like Capri by Fraser's is really beneficial to your wellness in terms of that you can cook for yourself, you can keep up your routine. But as that becomes a bigger bigger tourism trend, do we think we'll be seeing more people factoring that really into their stay? I think it's becoming much more important and you only have to look at the number of people who come back from their holidays and, you know, you ask them how it went and they say, you know, great, but I really need a holiday from that holiday. So often people come back more stressed than when they left. Yeah, and I can definitely relate to that. I mean, we did our honeymoon in Italy and did a road trip in of like eight cities in like 10 days and it was great and amazing. But we literally came back like more tired than like we had been planning for that wedding and having that wedding. And I think increasingly people... There's a pl- obviously there are trips like that which are amazing and you can do more. There are some trips where actually there are elements of your life that you want to keep potentially more stable. And it, it kind of depends on the kind of traveler that you are. And it also depends on whether you're there explicitly to explore somewhere new or whether you're there, you know, doing, you know, business, but also having a certain amount of leisure on the side, which is obviously a very different kind of trip. But I think people want the flexibility to keep core elements of their life going and by that I mean they might have an exercise regime that actually is really important for their wellness in terms of their routine getting up and how it makes them feel Um, they might feel very passionately about being able to cook for themselves maybe not all the time but a decent amount of the time so they can control um, you know control the diet that they have especially maybe they're visiting somewhere where they might not have as many options that cater to them um, if they've got any allergy intolerances or anything like that these are the sort of areas where actually they can take a trip from being potentially a quite stressful experience and putting them more back into your control and allowing you to say, okay, these are the elements of my life at home that I want to take with me when I go explore somewhere new. And that means I feel fully recharged and fully ready. So when I walk out the door, I can go actually enjoy myself. I think that's a really interesting way of thinking. I think it's something that we will all be doing more as we think of wellness as something that we do as part of our everyday everyday lives. Wellness is not something we do on a Saturday or Sunday. Wellness is something that we do all the time, every morning. You know, when you're on the way to work, what is the wellness thing that you're going to be doing for yourself that day? And to forget that on holiday, you are going to come back more exhausted and more stressed than you were when you went, definitely. And even around the intolerances in the food, you know, in the UK, we seem to be kind of very ahead of this wellness trend. We have vegan menus, vegan restaurants. We know about all the 14 different um, legally required allergens. Whereas you go to maybe somewhere else in Europe and you say, oh, I'm vegan or I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And they're like, okay, here's some fish. And you're like, oh, I don't eat fish because I'm vegan. So I think, again, it's keeping up with our mindset and our lives and not having to feel stressed about that. 
Yeah, and, and, and that goes both ways. I mean, there'll be people who come visit the UK from, from overseas and they'll also, you know, find things that we do strange and, you know, and it's fair enough to want to bring certain aspects of your life along with you. You don't need to drop everything when you go abroad. As long as you're not completely shutting out the place you're going to visit, in which case it might be a bit of a waste. <laughs> don't pack the PG tips. Correct. Unless you want to. If I asked you one thing that you're going to do in 2020 travel in your life, what would it be? So I think there are more options than there ever have been when it comes to where you can go on your holidays. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to spend more time necessarily researching, but I think being more open-minded is certainly something that I'm going to be doing in terms of the places I go to visit. Uh, it's not that I want to go somewhere different just to be contrary and just to kind of make a point, but I would like to go and actually go somewhere where my tourism there is going to have a positive impact on the local economy, where I'm going to be able to see something that I won't be able to see somewhere else. Um, and along with that, um, being able to bring more interesting experiences, therefore, back with me. So I think that's going to be a key thing for me. And I think also learning to enjoy places that are closer to home. And that could be in the UK and it could be across Europe. But there are so many cities that, as you say, you can wake up in the morning and be there by the end of the day very easily. Uh, and they will give you an entirely new view on the world and an entirely new cultural experience. And these are sorts of places that are very much worth visiting if you've got a few days spare. Cool. And I think if I ask myself the same question, I think I'm going to put more combination of things into my trip. So not just going to one place, but actually can I go to two places and enrich my trip by and then not flying back again in two months time? Because I thought, actually, I really want to do Leipzig and Berlin or Frankfurt and Hamburg. Cool. Well, Andrew, it's been so great chatting all things Leipzig um, with you and pleasure and wellness. Um, we hope to see you guys again on the podcast. We'll speak to you guys again, I should say, on the podcast next time. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. Bye.